You are now listening to Plant Talk, a podcast brought to you by Canada's Manufacturing Magazine. It is presented by Plant Magazine, Canada's industry voice since 1942, for manufacturing owners, senior executives, administrative and managers who represent all links in the manufacturing decision-making chain. Tune in to hear conversations with industry experts on comprehensive topics that are of utmost importance to the manufacturing industry. Today we are speaking with Ian Buzdugan, Engineering Lead for Honda of Canada Manufacturing in Alliston, Ontario. We speak to him about how he has been spearheading the effort to get the Alliston plant ready for the 2023 CRV Hybrid, as well as Honda's new robotic technology and how plant automation augments the manufacturing process. Excuse the background noise, our latest episode was recorded at the recent Honda Indy Toronto. Can you speak about your role at the plant? Sure. Uh, my role is engineering lead and I, uh, I help facilitate all the engineering groups, uh, engineering processes, the new new hires and our engineering interns. So we have our engineering interns here doing most of the work on the robot demo here, so I'm here, I'm here with them for that. Okay. What was needed uh, at the plant in Alliston to get the CRV, get it ready for CRV production? A lot of changes to the existing equipment and processes, a lot of process rearrangement, people moving around. Around, some equipment moving around on the line. We're talking about the CRV hybrid. There's a new uh, IPU line for the battery units that was installed in our assembly department, and a lot of other incremental changes to the equipment. Anything that's specific to the hybrid powertrain? Yeah, the IPU, the integrated power unit, is, is, is like the battery unit. So there's a, a separate small assembly line to assemble that together uh, right, right in our facility. Do the team members have to be specially trained? Yeah, definitely. Um, the one thing that's unique there is because of the voltage of the battery, uh, everyone has to wear special uniforms. Yes. So in case of, uh, in case of an arc flash, uh, they're, they're protected uh, and they have to wear cotton underneath their uniforms. And normally, normally the only people that wear those uniforms in the past in our facility have been people that work on the electrical panels, go inside electrical panels. But in this case, we have production workers wearing the same type of uniforms to protect them. Do they still all wear white like the rest yeah, of them? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. All way, yeah, all wear white, just a different it's a yeah. fire return uh, yeah. uh, material. Yeah. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, we have uh, How long did it take to uh, retool the plant? As soon as the last model is done, the process starts again, but then the retooling itself, at least a couple of years from beginning, from beginning of the work to actual final okay. production. Like, what were some of the main things that had to be retooled? It depends from the, you know, we have the, we have the well department, we have the paint department, assembly, and other departments as well, right? So, modify the handling jigs yeah. and weld, for instance, and assembly as well. Yeah. Um, for instance, modifications to the, to the system that installs the glass and assembly. Yeah. On a lot of modifications in weld for the changes in the, uh, whatever changes there were in the body. Uh, we have paint robots that paint the all the painting, so reteaching those. Okay. Those robots. What would you say it means for HCM to have the CRV hybrid as being the, the global plan? So, or so the global lead plan. Sorry. Well, we've been in, in production for for decades now, right? And it shows that we have a maturity in uh, in our in our processes and a maturity in our people as well. Right? That Honda trusts us with with taking on, uh, you know something as important as that. Are any other models going to be continue to be made in uh, at HCM? Well, right now it's a Civic and the CRV. So yeah. those, are, those are two models that, that keep going with the... I don't know how long they're going to be. I don't, I don't know what the future is. Yeah, right yeah, now, yeah. Right now uh, we have two plans.
plants, two frame plants, so we're plant one builds Civic, plant two builds CRV, and we have our engine plant that builds engines for both. How much of the plant is uh, now on automation? There's lots of automation, but there's still lots of people. Probably we have 4,000 people working. Um, a lot of them are direct production associates. So there's automation, but there's a lot of people still involved. Like, like for example, doing soft sets and stuff yeah. like that. There's still you know, people doing that. This is a good example. This little uh, demo here, I'm not sure if you're aware, it's a collaborative robot. Yeah. So that's a perfect example of what we can do with automation is, is help the people do the work, right? Yeah. So, so it's like, it's, it's, it's a big mix. Like there's still people are really a big part of building a car. A lot of people still come to the car and we want it that way, right? We want people doing check the quality, we want the really important things about people to, to touch the car. And uh, the really exciting thing about collaborative robots is that we can actually have the robots work together with people. Like, you know, yeah. Traditionally, you have a, if you can picture a weld cell with yeah, yeah, you know, you all fed stuff. Thing, yeah. This is, you could have it much more flexible. Like, let's say, you know, the important part is, uh, is somebody installing uh, important pieces of the car. Yeah. But to do that, every cycle they've got to walk 10 steps to get to the next part. They install it, walk the next step. If we can bring that part closer to them, yeah. for instance, using a collaborative robot, and not only is it uh, better for efficiency, but it's better for the associate too because they don't do all that extra walking. Which yeah. You mentioned uh, briefly, what sort of tasks can the collaborative robots perform? Whatever we define for it, there's yeah. it's, uh, lots of opportunities. But for instance, we can look at sealing, we can look at inspection. Inspection is a big one yeah. because inspection, we just put a camera like you see there on it and it's expecting different things. We can lift parts to bring them closer to the people like I was talking about, as long as they're small, they're not too heavy, yeah. they're not going to drop on somebody or something like that. Those are some of the obvious ones. How many of those are actually in the plan? These kind of collaborative robots? Yeah. We don't have a lot of collaborative robots in right now. We're just sort of finding different applications for them. So we want to make sure that it's a, it's a safe application. You know, because they'll stop, like the power and force limiting robots, collaborative robots, they'll stop when you get them. But still, we want to make sure that it's, it's safe, that we're not hurting anybody, right? We're kind of trialing a few different applications right now. And what sort of other robots do you have on the production line? All types. So hundreds of robots in the weld yeah. shop, uh, doing spot welding, doing MIG welding, doing material handling. Uh, we got a really large FANUC robot that basically replaced some of our drop lifters with robots. It picks up the entire white body and weld that moves it to there uh, at a mezzanine level. We have the special paint robots, right, that are especially made for a paint environment for exposure potential. We've got robots that do the ceiling, like the white ceiling you see on the car there. And they, uh, that's all automated, mostly automated. Robots to pick up the glass. Uh, lots of sealer robots. One of the really interesting machines that we have is actually called the G Smart. That's an acronym for something. Yeah. But uh, it installed basically the engine suspension yeah. and the rear suspension. Yeah. So they're actually custom built robots which can go very low, pick up a pallet with the engine, for instance, on it, and then come come underneath and install it up into the into the car. And then we have other robots that come below. They're like under the tight little bolts. And the robot comes away, and then, and then there's also still a manual process. So the robot comes up. But from a safety perspective, it's interesting because the robot comes up, it's holding the engine there. Then we we use uh, FSU uh, safety system to hold it in place, and while the associate at the top is tightening some of the top. Although it's not a large part of the robot, the robot army, no, the robot market yet. Hybrid robots, it's a very, it's a, it's a growth area. Right? Yeah. Because it's it's really exciting. 
to have people interact with robots and be able to have robots actually assist people with the jobs they're doing. So we're, we're looking at how we can make how we can make people's lives easier and how we can be more flexible too, right? So you know, you have you have a cell and it's there, and now everything has to work around it. We're not moving that cell, right? It's in yeah. there, it's there, right? Yeah. Um, now with with uh, you know, we have a robot in place. Now we can move the posters around it because people can work around it, right? So so a lot of it, you know, Honda's all about PDCA, right? Yeah. Like improvement. Now we can have potentially associates trying out a process and they don't like it, okay, I move the parts around, I move around my parts. The robot maybe stays in the same place, but I can move all the way around the robot. So that flexibility is really exciting to have in the future uh, to do that. Um, in fact, our product engineering department that does testing on the car, uh, they have a collaborative robot uh, on a uh, basically a cart, and they move it to different parts around the, the body to do different testing. So for instance, they'll, they have to uh, somebody that they have to open and close at yeah. times, right? So they can just move it into the front door opening, have the robot come in, and then just open and close the sunbites yeah. a million times if they need to. So, and then they move it to the next place again. That, that kind yeah. of flexibility is really exciting, right? Yeah. A lot of opportunities. So. It's it, it, it's almost like they're they're helping with tasks that people don't want to really do, right? It's a really good point. Like inspections, like people are pretty good at inspections, but imagine looking at the same bolts over and over and over and over again. It gets pretty tedious, right? If you get a robot to do that reliably, that's a lot better. Or a lot of our uh, underbody processes and assembly, you know, ergonomically it's not great because you're hand over hand the whole time, right? Problem is we don't have the space to put a traditional cell necessarily. Yeah. Sometimes we do, but often we don't. If you get a collaborative robot in there yeah. to do something like that, that would take away some of the early yeah. challenges, right? Yeah. Right? Which sort of goes off of the you know over the last few years, people get rotated to different stations. They're not doing the same task over and over again, and then you get injured. Right? As far as I know, Honda's always done that. So yeah. They've always had the production associate rotate yeah. for that reason, right? Yeah. The same action. And if you're doing underbody, you don't do underbody all the time. Yeah. Right? Yeah.